change agent. Go into a place and say, you know what? I have the skill set or I have the ability to manage my time better. How do I help people or how do I change this environment? Born and raised in the motherland, chasing a better life, story of an immigrant. Concrete pastures. Concrete pastures. Concrete pastures. Hello, family. You are listening to Concrete Pastures Podcast. I am Nancy Mulemwesisi. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For anyone who is new on our platform, this is a space that allows myself and others to share our stories as we deconstruct the world's view of an immigrant status. We unlike the joys, the laughs, and the bravery that being a dreamer brings. So subscribe, like, share, and stay a while as we dive into today's episode. I am so excited to be sitting down with my sister from my fellow country. She's no stranger to a life of an immigrant. We're going to be tackling into that. And uh, the biggest topic in the streets, in the diaspora, is about ZNBS. If you haven't heard about it already, we're talking about Zambia National Building Society. They are here in New York. Today we have an event. They are on a tour. They're going to be all over the place. Uh, From what I can remember, is, I mean, they're going to D.C., they're going to Atlanta, they're going to Sacramento, and right now they're in New York. So, without further ado, our guest today representing ZNBS, Cynthia Muila. She has 20 years of experience in banking and financial services in both the United Kingdom and Zambia. Cynthia currently holds the position of Head of Banking and Mortgages at the Zambia National Building Society. Cynthia is a strong advocate for affordable housing and has actively participated in various forums, including the 2022 National Housing Forum. Additionally, she has served as the president of the Rotary, a club of Zambia, a charitable organization committed to providing humanitarian service and supporting vulnerable communities. Recently, Cynthia has been appointed as the World Vision Zambia Board Committee member, further demonstrating her dedication to making a positive impact. Mentorship is another area where Cynthia exists her passion, specifically focusing on mentoring women and youth. She currently serves as one of the appointed mentors for award-winning When Females Lead Mentorship Program. Welcome to New York. Hi, I'm so excited. (laughs) How are you? I'm great. I know you just landed this morning. Literally. (laughs) I don't know how you are surviving because I just came back from Zambia uh, in May. It was a long flight. I forgot how long it could be. I don't know how my kids survived, but I don't know how you were surviving straight from there to here. It's adrenaline. It's like 24 hours, but I'm really excited. I think that's what's keeping me awake. And then from here, we have an event this evening. Oh my God. And for anybody who is missing the event, this is actually for you guys to catch up on what's going to be talked about. One thing I know for sure, you and I are very passionate about the diaspora and the impact that we have to make. And this is the reason why we did but before you even get into, you know, ZNBS and why you are here, it, people want to get to know you. I want to get to know you. How did you end up in the UK? Yeah, um, interesting story. I was born there. Okay. Then I went to school in Zambia and then I left in grade four. How old was I? I left very early Um, and then I went to school in England. I went mm-hmm. to boarding school and I lived 
lived there and I was there for so many years. And then one day I just started to feel like, I want to go home. I want to try. So in 2010, um, I moved back and it was a series of different things that happened that made me move back, to mm. be honest. Got it. So, but I, I started to feel like I really want to connect. Yeah. So it's been exciting. How was life though in the UK for anybody who is, you know, this is an immigrant show. So for a lot of people that want to go to the UK, how was it for you, your experience there? Um, I think, okay, my experience may not always be typical because I grew up there and yes. I went to school there. So it, I think there's some things that we all experience because mm -hmm. you're born there, but you're African origin. So there there are those differences, but yeah. um, certainly I felt at that time, England was more home than Zambia because I hadn't lived in Zambia for so many years. But yeah, it, it was interesting. And only now do I realize the exposure as well that has really helped me. Mm -hmm. um, even when I'm back home. So you you make your friends and your family in, in the UK and you go back home and you make more friends, more family. And it's just, I think it's such a nice blended experience. No, oh, I love that. But I have a lot of my friends that have actually been on the show as well. They went to the UK when they were younger. Uh, but for you, since you were born there, they also have a very similar experience as they call the UK as their home compared to Zambia. But talking about Zambia, how is it for you now? How was it adjusting because we are scared of the bag of going back home and adjusting to that life because you are starting over yeah so i actually now consider zambia more my home believe mm. it or not there's like this shift over the last 10 to 12 years um so i i go back to my other home to see my friends and some family but zambia is home Got and it. it really really feels like it it's not an easy thing to do i think uprooting your life regardless of where it is even mm. if you're moving from Zambia to the US yeah same thing it's it's really difficult um but i think if you want to do it you've just got to just got to do it there's no perfect time there's never enough money we all say oh i need to save yeah. 20,000 pounds before yeah. i go back it's just never going to happen and sometimes you need to just take the plunge and jump in and and swim what made you make uh, take the plunge <sighs> People are scared because of starting over. They're scared because they don't have the networks. They're scared. There's so much that we comes with challenges. Yeah. I've heard a lot of stories of people uh, that have gone back home. Some very close to me and they couldn't qualify for certain jobs because either they were overqualified or they couldn't just accommodate what they had started as well uh, outside Zambia. Um, like, What advice would you give to someone who is probably contemplating, I want to go back home, uh, whether they're home is Zambia or Kenya or wherever, um, what advice would you give? I think you need to have an idea what you want to do. You'll find like a lot of African countries, and I'll speak about Zambia, but they're very nurturing and embracing of entrepreneurship. So if you want, if you're that person who wants to go and start your business and try something new, I think it's the place um, because it's it's the nature of the economy. Um, you know, 80% is like SMEs and people who are really trying to make things happen yeah. so it's a very good time but if you're on the professional side it's like anything you've got to go in there work hard opportunities come i personally have no regrets i had a good job in the uk i was in the banking sector yes it was a little tough but and maybe i was lucky in some ways i actually started applying for jobs but what i will say is the timing is right it's so enabling for i'll talk about zambia yes. it's so enabling for zambians to come back home or invest back home you don't have to come back home but you can be connected and i'm saying the 
timing is right for various reasons. Um, I think the government has come out and there are lots of policies. There's a diaspora policy, such an enabling environment. There's dual nationality. Mm -hmm. The things that people used to worry about, if I go back, what happens to my children? Yeah. So now you've got you've got all those positives. And the last thing I'd say is also the, the network, the diaspora networks. I'm amazed when I was looking to move back. I don't think there was that synergy. I don't think there was that cohesion. They're super organized. They support you. They're already grounded. So I think if you really, really want to go back, the time is now. It's really a good environment to try and really try and make yourself successful. It's really all in the mind and the passion. And it's not easy, but then nothing is easy. So, you know, you try. <laughs> you know, when you're coming from like the US and uh, you go back home, you want everything to work kind of the same. The expectation levels are like, oh my God. So the frustration, how do yeah. you do with that? Because you're coming from uh, a world where everything works and then you go to Zambia. I mean, I only experienced this for like two, three weeks almost. I was uploading uh, the podcast. It took two days to upload. It take um, uh, like two, five minutes. Five minutes is even a lot uh, to do that here. So for all of those things, I mean, I was holding in my, <laughs> whatever I was experiencing. <laughs> how do you, how did you handle all of that? I learned to manage my expectations. And when I say that, I don't mean that in a derogatory manner, like have lower expectations. I'm saying different expectations. Yes. I think that's the first thing um, because it's not really comparable. I mean, it's different. And the same way, yes, there are challenges. Yes, I'll acknowledge sometimes things don't work at the same pace. But then I also balance because I realize the opportunities I have in Zambia, I would never have had another 20 years in the UK. So it's like, choose your choose your struggle. Are you going to worry about, oh no, it takes this much longer. No, things are slow. And when I'm in the supermarket, mm -hmm. or are you going to think about the bigger picture, the thing that really moves, the opportunities for investment, to contribute to your country's development, to start your own business? See, it's, it's about choice. That's what I mean about manage your expectations. Not lower, just different. So I think for me, that is the most profound thing I can say, because if you don't do that, you will never embrace the opportunities. You've got to let that go. It's different. It's not America. It's not England. Yeah. But it's so embracing of people who want to come back and contribute. And that is the biggest factor. And then the second point is be a change agent. Go into a place and say, you know what? I have the skill set or I have the ability to manage my time better. How do I help people or how do I change this environment? So those are the two things. But for me, the most important thing is I weigh it up. Am I going to fuss around the small things relatively insignificant? Am I going to really look at something that's transformational, change your life? I mean, honestly, I'm not, I'm not kidding. No regrets. Talking about opportunities, what's it? Talking about opportunities, how did you get into ZNBS? Yeah, I, I applied. <laughs> I applied like anyone else. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I was coming from the private sector. So mm. if you don't know, ZNBS is wholly uh, owned by government. So it, yes. it is a public sector company. I applied and I wasn't really sure because it's quite a shift going from private sector to public sector. Um, and I went through the process. I was interviewed like anyone else. 
I got the job. Yeah. And despite the differences, I, I really feel like, again, I feel so fulfilled because yes, we're still delivering profit and we've got to deliver values for our shareholders. But at the same time, there's something so fulfilling about making a direct contribution to your country. And I feel that in public sector, you really do do that. So yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Very nice. I mean, um, you're obviously here to help us. I'm excited though for what you guys have come to, to um, have brought together, your initiative in terms of uh, what your products are for the diaspora. And um, this is why we've partnered up. My question to you, there's so many questions that have come up after we've advertised. There's so many questions and a lot of those questions I'm sure will be answered tonight at the event and also even here as well. What makes you guys different from other companies that have been offering this type of product? Because there's also another organization, which I'm not going to name, uh, that does offer diaspora product. Uh, what makes you guys different? I like that question. <laughs> um, I think to start with, um, firstly, I'm going to take a step back. So we were established, Zambia National Building Society, by government mm -hmm. under an act of parliament to deliver affordable housing solutions for Zambians. So we have a housing deficit of around 1.5 to 2 million. Okay. And I was really surprised today to hear that there's also a bigger one here. But anyway, that's another story. So that's our core mandate. And the fact is ZMBS has been in that market for 53 years, the longest offering mortgage solutions. So we have the expertise. What makes us different? Yes, so we are talking about other diaspora products. We also have saving products, but really our flagship product is the mortgage product. Yes. And I really think what makes it different is that it's very easy to come and ask people to invest with you. Yeah. Can you bring your dollars and we have a solution? But it's very difficult to actually, you know, if you swing it the other way, for us to be able to say, you are out there, you're in the diaspora, we won't see your salary, but we're willing to give you some money. I think it's a, a profoundly different, has a profoundly different impact. So we, we are really offering something different. We genuinely are lending to clients in the diaspora. We have a portfolio we launched a year ago. We have some customers who are willing to speak for us yes. um, because it's been transformational for them, giving them an opportunity to fulfill their dreams, to complete their investments. And so we are, we're different. Um, we're really looking at how can we support Zambians, not just in Zambia, but Zambians out there. Yeah. yeah. No, it's definitely a good product. a great initiative. That's why I, I jumped on board with you guys. A lot of the companies do ask us to invest in, bring your, our own money. You guys are giving to us. What are some of the terms that you guys do have? Let's say someone signs up or what are the qualifications that you guys make? Um, so firstly, we want to just understand what does your income look like? Okay. Who are you? So we'll do the usual KYC, the know your customer. Yeah. Um, you're going to send us your address and your, your, your details in terms of your identification. We'll put that aside. So we'll do that. But we want to understand your income patterns. Okay. Um, are you employed? Are you self-employed? What What does your income stream look like? We're very unique in that we do recognize that people have more than one income. So okay. we will look at that. Okay. Um, we'll consider what other income you have. Some of it may be in Zambia. Some of it may be here. So 
that's the first thing. So affordability is key. So we will calculate for you what we consider to be uh, the amount that you qualify for based on your affordability. And your affordability is driven by your income and also any obligations that you may have. And then the second thing is what do you want to do? You want to buy, you want to build. So what does the collateral look like? Yeah. Um, is that security that we can take on board? Do we have, for example, a certificate of title? Maybe not everyone's familiar with that, but yes. it's a form of documentation for your land ownership. So there's two factors, income and then your security. And then we, we work out also your age is a factor. So your retirement age. So the longer you have to retirement, the longer the mortgage you can take out. Wow. Um, that brings up another question. <laughs> uh, what's the age limit for retirement in Zambia? Okay, so in Zambia, it's about 65. Um, but we say, look, different organizations have different uh, parameters. So we will look at that. Mm. Um, but we're also mindful of the fact that there are some professions where they have income that is for life. Yes. Right? So it's also about income. But if it is that you have income for life, then the second thing we'll look at is the insure. Are you insurable? Because typically in Zambia, insurance will go up to 65. So that's usually where we'll cap it off because to get a mortgage, we do make sure that you're covered. Uh, you have life cover. So if something were to happen, we'd not be repossessing from your family. We would pay off the mortgage. So there are two factors that we look at. Some clients who go beyond their retirement age and they can demonstrate they have income, they can um, arrange for their own insurance policy and we'll consider that. A lot of people have been crying about their land. They buy land, they, it ends up being bought by somebody else. Meanwhile, here they think they do have land and they go back, their land has disappeared or it belongs to someone else. Do you guys have guarantees, I guess, in a way as to when I buy this land, it actually belongs to me, not someone else? Okay, that's a good question. I'll answer it differently. In life, there are no guarantees. And if oh. someone tells you that, please <laughs> look twice. But what I will say is we use our expertise to mitigate your risk. Okay. So we do it two ways. Firstly, when you come to us for a mortgage, very early on in the process, we will validate the ownership of that land. And we do that through the Ministry of Lands. Okay. So we, before we even say we will lend to you or anything, we will go and check. That is a check for you as um, a customer because it reassures you. And we've had instances where you're buying a property and you're told that the ownership is under someone. But yes. when we go and check at lands, it's something completely different. Yep. So it protects you and it protects the institution. That's the first thing. The second thing is where we have partners, developers that we work with, and that's part of our diaspora proposition because we know that you're away and it's not always possible for you to know where the opportunities for investments are. Yes. So we sign up uh, with some developers, we sign MOUs. For us to be able to do that, we carefully vet them. So there's a due diligence process that we go through. So with that, you can be assured and comforted that you're dealing with companies that have integrity and they have ex expertise and experience. So for us to be able to onboard them, we would have put them through quite a stringent process. But my third point, and this I say to all my friends in the diaspora, when you're investing in property back home, do your own due diligence as well. I know you're not on the ground and there's certain things we can do, but just be curious enough to ask the questions. Because my experience has been that for so long as the property's back home, you're mm. sending money, yes. sometimes you're even coming on holiday and yes. you don't go and check. So there's also the third element and I think the, the onus is a little bit on the customer as well to make sure you are comfortable because believe you me, if you were buying a car, you probably would check Test what are the out. specs 
Yes. What year was it? <laughs> when was it serviced? Yeah. So do the same for land. I think it's very important. We seem to have a lot of trust uh, when it comes to that. So I think with those three elements, you would be more comfortable. No, I'll say, do you guys physically go check the land that it exists? Yes, we do. We So again, quite early on, uh, we do have our own in-house valuers. So they go and inspect and they'll do a detailed report in terms of the value, what they've seen, any structures. And then that comes back and feeds into the credit assessment. So there are those two checks. So we will have a valuation and then we will also check at lands. And actually, even based on what they see on the ground, we will counter check the documentation in the system at lands. Um, I have a lot of <laughs> questions going into my mind because uh, just because of what people, a lot of people have reached out and they're looking for those guarantees because of so many disappointments that we've all gone through. Um, even recently, I, I think privately when you and I were talking, I was going to buy traditional land and there's so much limitations as to what you can build on traditional land. Do you guys have traditional land? Firstly, I mean, our core job is to finance. So typically we will not own that land, although okay. we do have a project. We have a project and I'll talk about that a little later, but yes. as ZNBS, we own particular land because we want to solve part of the issue around affordability in housing. Okay. So one of the biggest costs is land. So we've come in to say, look, if we can provide land at a lower than market cost yes. and it's service land, so it has water, electricity, yes. sewer, bulk services, then we can pass on that benefit to customers. So, but that land is always on title um, for us. Okay. Um, but like I said, we do have a different offering. It's not available to customers in the diaspora. Uh, that's the building materials loan for traditional land. And I think also the reason is simple because you, you're not on the ground. You're not there to verify. If you if the land is untitled, you will have some assurance, some documentation yes. that supports the ownership. So because of that, we will only finance uh, securitized land for you. So we do have partners who do offer different types of land and you can, you can actually access uh, traditional land through them if that's what you want. And that's fine. It has a place. It really does. I mean, yeah. there are a lot of people who are investing, starting up farms, but you really just need to consider the ownership and you will note that actually there's a big push for more land to be on title there's a huge titling exercise that is being driven by the government mm -hmm. so that the issues and the complications around land ownership rights are actually reduced i think that would be better there's so much horrifying stories and people have paid thousands and thousands of hard-earned money to people that claim to own the land or did own uh, the land and then they end up losing out on everything and just because we're in the diaspora and that's the reason why I'm also excited about this that you guys do inspect and do your due diligence for on our behalf if we had to come on board with you guys do you have any limitations as to how much someone can borrow absolutely not you can afford it we can finance it really yes I mean the only second component is the value of the land because there has to be a correlation so that is the security so it has to support but if the security is you know um, equates uh, to the value that you need and you can afford it, we will finance it. It's it's quite straightforward. Yeah. So I'm in your saying. space, so I understand what you're saying. But for someone who's not in the financial industry, what do you mean if the if the land costs, let's say, roughly fifty thousand kwacha, the loan is going to be fifty thousand kwacha? Um. So okay, there's two ways of looking at it. So we don't typically uh, in Zambia we will finance at seventy five percent. So it means you, the customer, you need to make a contribution of 
95 percent got it what what that does and that's the the market value so what that does is it it creates that room because remember uh in as much as we've seen a lot of stability in the property market especially coming out of COVID, you know it like any other asset there is some volatility we don't want to have as an issue like subprime where we lend above the market Too value much. Yeah. and then the property market crashes Trips, yeah. and then your customers and the institutions are exposed so there is that element that is discounted simply for that but if for example and you do get a lot of this because in zambia largely it's a buyer's market liquidity is quite hard to come by so people who can afford to buy property in cash or get a mortgage i think that number is still quite small so you will find that you have bargaining power so you'll find that you might buy below the market value so in which case your negotiation skills in which case then the financing will be a little bit different we can finance a hundred percent of the purchase price because the market price is higher but the second thing that we do do and we recognize not everybody can manage that 25 percent and remember that we are here to support zambians into home ownership so we've come up with a solution where you can get a hundred percent of the value that 25 percent we cover through insurance so it's quite an innovative way of making sure that if you can't afford to put a deposit down you can still get a hundred percent mortgage so what type of insurance are we talking about the home uh, home no so it's not um insurance uh protection as such but there is that 25 percent which is our exposure really yeah so we have partnered with an insurer in zambia where they will insure us with the 25 percent, so we can give you a hundred percent of the value so so that premium there's a slight it. premium that is passed on to the customer for that benefit got it um so um but it, you see it's it's all about opportunity sometimes you have this property and you have a need and you need to buy it. yes so it, you know it, there's a time value of money as well so you can decide to take a hundred percent pay a little more one percent uh, more than uh you would ordinarily or you can contribute so what that does it gives an opportunity to everyone to own property no that's um that's amazing because a lot of people i think they're going to be looking at that um collateral i guess in a way as to they get the insurance and get their hundred percent uh lending with you guys um the, do you think the let's see the housing market in Zambia is going up or is it just that's an interesting question I will say that you need to look at certain segments of the property market they're different so I'll talk about residential because I think that's largely what I understand mm-hmm. best yeah. you we saw a lot of different behaviors coming out of COVID right so if you were looking to invest for example pre-COVID the the high value segment was lucrative I mean you could get a house in Zambia and put it on rent for a thousand dollars two thousand dollars and the market was there we have a huge expert community people want to rent good houses in good areas safe areas and so the market was there but what we saw coming out of COVID is a push towards more middle income housing right so it's it's not that people can't afford but it's made them think twice they've become more savvy so the middle income market started to boom and you'd find that actually there's an emerging middle income market as well because people can now afford they've got decent jobs they can afford to rent but they're not yet able to buy so there's those two components we also saw that um the lower income market took off um and investors were actually going into lower segment where really maintenance is low demand is high if your tenant is not paying there's 10 other people who are waiting at the door because decent affordable housing
housing is very hard to come by. So there's those variables. But so there's a lot of stability in the market. There, there are areas where you're seeing a lot of uh, capital appreciation in a short period of time. Why? Because when you see a developing country, um, you literally see development mushroom up. So you've been to Zambia recently. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're shocked by how many supermarkets. This is why how I many asked. Malls. <laughs> so if you own land yeah. in a particular area and there's a mall that sprung up, what happens? Your your property prices literally overnight. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like any investment. Uh, property is a medium to long term investment. There are some people who are very skilled at getting into a property at a lower price, doing it up and flipping it and making a profit and they move on. That's for a particular, I would say, experienced property investor. But generally speaking, people invest in property, medium to long term hold, and you will start to see the appreciation in, in the value of your property. Gotcha. And you're able to get an equity release. So bought this property, mm-hmm. it starts to go up. That means the equity is increasing. You pull out some money, go and get a second property. And that's another way of, you know, growing your property portfolio. So there's so many opportunities in the developing market. I think timing is everything. I always talk about, if you ever hear any of the interviews I did earlier on, I talked about when I moved back to Zambia and procrastination. And I talk a lot about the cost of procrastination, especially in a market like Zambia. And it hits you twice. Why? Because you're looking at this property or this land and you're like, should I, should I? And meanwhile, it's a developing market and it starts to appreciate. Your delay means that you're missing out on the upside. But it also means that it's going to cost you more. They're usually 30 to 40% more and then it's going to cost you more to build. So sometimes when you see an opportunity, an area you're interested in, you want to invest, go for it. (laughs) Well said. Anything else before? um, This was really insightful. I could could talk all day long about this. I'm so passionate about it. I know. (laughs) I know for sure. Uh, I mean, we want to have more sessions for anybody um, looking to invest with ZNBS. Of course, we're going to have more episodes coming, but this one was just a little bit of a test on what's to come. We're going to be answering a lot of the questions as they come. So um, anything else that you want to share on this first episode? Yeah, so I I wanted to just say that a lot of the time when you're out there, I, I do understand. And I think from a personal level, I understand some of the concerns, some of the hesitation, but I just want to encourage uh, people listening out there. If you're really thinking about investing back home, I think you need to explore that option. Uh, Don't be limited by certain things. And some of the things I know we'll talk about in the next series around the interest rates. The interest rate, yes. I always say it's just not comparable. You need to look at different ways of measuring your returns because you cannot compare, you know, a market where our monetary policy rate is 10% already and you're coming from, is it 3%? <laughs> it's, it's not comparable, yeah. but there are other better ways of measuring your return on investment. For sure. Um, but I just wanted to really encourage you to say, don't think that it's not possible and don't think that one day you may not want to go home or you may not want to feel connected. Yeah. Not everybody's looking to move back, but most of you will have family and friends. You might want to provide some uh, housing for your family. You just might want to be connected. So really look at it as an investment for now. And then you have time to decide from a personal level because I certainly never thought I was going to move back to Zambia. It just literally happened. Yeah. And to be honest, there are certain decisions I delayed to make. So I just want to encourage you. We're here until the 30th. Yes. We're going all around. So from New York, we're going to DC. From DC, we're going to Chicago. We're going to Sacramento. Yes. We're going to Dallas. 
oh my we're gonna God. end in Atlanta. <laughs> catch us somewhere. I know. And wow. if you can't catch us there, we're, we're still happy to connect with you and just really talk you through the process. Very nice. Very nice. Um, this has been so good. Uh, you and your whole team, we're going to be having another event after this. But it really, I'm so just great, first of all, to uh, Saza for inviting me to actually meet you uh, when you first presented. And then from that, we just kept going and we didn't even know that you guys were coming to New York yeah. and everything just happened. I was just like, wow. But I'm so grateful to you for facilitating everything in terms of uh, let's get you on board with everything. Let's do an event. Yes, let's do it. Let's have meetings. So behind the scenes for everybody, it's been a lot of work and um, thank you. That's it on today's episode. It's truly an honor to serve each and every dreamer. Corporate Precious now provides targeted services to dreamers coming to the US of A, we assist you to successfully integrate. We're here to support you as you write your new chapter. Kindly check out our services in the link tree. Until next time, keep dreaming. Born and raised in the motherland, chasing a better life, story of an immigrant. Concrete Concrete past